Welcome to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. Your source for everything outdoors. Let's kick it into overdrive. Overdrive Outdoors podcast brought to you by Predator Hunter Outdoors. Whether you are new to predator hunting or looking to upgrade your equipment, Predator Hunter Outdoors will have you hunting after the sun goes down. Carrying a full line of lights, night vision, and thermal optics, along with tripods, calls, mounting systems, and more, check them out at www.predatorhunteroutdoors.com or on Facebook at Predator Hunter Outdoors. Use promo code OVERDRIVE2021 for 20% off your order. Want to lengthen your time in the field and shorten your scouting time? Not only does the HuntWise app show you property boundaries, landowners' names, and in some cases even their phone number, but using the app will show you the wind direction on the map of the place you want to hunt. And the HuntCast feature shows peak movement times for various species, including predators. Get the HuntWise app at www.huntwise.com, the Google Play Store, or the Apple App Store. For only $59.99 a year for Pro or $119.99 a year for Elite. Use promo code OVERDRIVE20 for 20% off an annual membership. Hey everybody, welcome to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Joe Mapes, and this week we welcome my friend Jarrett Mosqua. I just want to take a minute before we get started to say thank you for listening to our podcast. Our team is working hard to produce content for our listeners and those that follow us on socials. If you don't already, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It will allow us to reach new listeners and get the podcast out there more. We at Overdrive Outdoors can't thank you enough for the support. Without you, none of this would be possible. Without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Jarrett Mosqua. One of us is recording. (laughs) I'm recording. Looks like you're recording. Okay, welcome everybody to the Overdrive Outdoors podcast. I guess I'm the host and I'm interviewing Joseph Mapes here. <laughs> here with us, we're trying to figure this out. It's all good, man. It's all good. Well, well Jared, why don't you just introduce myself to everybody? And <laughs> Allow myself to introduce myself. <laughs> Oh, this is going to be a shit show. <laughs> All right. Are we supposed to keep this PG also? Like no swearing? No, I don't care. Okay. I think I think uh, Carl or Josh called bass fishermen pussies the other week. So ah, that's okay. somewhere. I didn't hear that one. I mean, they are, but I'm, I just want to know why. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really do much of it anyway, so. Now, the only fishing I usually do is catfishing because my oldest son, he loves it. So, Okay. I haven't done that in a long time. I love it because, well, it's, it's almost like coyote hunting because everybody else in the house is asleep. So what do you do at night And when you're a night owl? It's like you go coyote hunting or you go catfishing. So that's both, you know, done at night. Well, for me, yeah, you know. That's true. Josh and I used to go catfishing quite often when we were younger, but it's been years since we've gone out and done that. 
it's a trip because it's uh it, it's different than you know if you're fishing for like perch or pike it, it's almost like it's in its own category for fishing like right uh, you're not like casting and reeling in it's not that active it's more like a laid back type of fishing where you just you get your bait out there you wait for the catfish to play with it and swim off with it set the hook type thing so it could take a while you can have a hot night where they're all biting but the last dozen times that we went they've all been slow nights <laughs> so i'm surprised the kids still wanted to go with me after you know the first 10 times but how long ago did you get him into that uh i took him god we were He's 13, my oldest. My youngest is going to be nine next week. But he's, God, I am so bad with dates. Because it seems like the year, especially after like COVID last year, everything is just blending together. And I can't differentiate like years from other years. I can't do it. But, okay, I've been taking him fishing and hunting since, God, he was six years old i mean hard walking through snow but you know he's he still did it yeah well you know how it is how old are your kids my oldest is going to be seven next week okay my my son is uh he's five about five years old taking them out you know it's it's the exact same thing you know it's and the problem is is i'm noticing my daughter my older one she has more of an interest in it. My son, if I even ask him about hunting, no, I don't want to. So it's it's hard to figure out what what I'm doing different between the two of them. But... Well, I mean, it's just you and Josh, right? You, the two brothers. You don't have any sisters, or no? We have. I have four brothers. Oh, so it's, I. We have a younger brother who's 21. I have an identical twin. Then there's Josh, and then we have an older brother, Ryan. Okay. And then all of you hunt and fish? Only, mainly the, the older, th- or the myself, Josh, and my oldest brother, Ryan. My little brother doesn't, I mean, he will, but he's got other priorities in life. And my twin has same thing, other priorities in life. Right on. I mean, that's nothing that your parents did. Right. No. So, I mean, I have four kids and it's, it seems like it's hit and miss. Like they don't, none except my youngest seem to have the drive for hunting that I do. Yep. Uh, The rest, they will do it. My youngest daughter, who's 15, uh, she said she really doesn't like hunting. Like she doesn't it's almost like boring to her. So it's, yep. I tried to make it exciting. I mean, she, she shot a few deer. She had some close encounters. Like I could probably send you the video. Um, we we're sitting out back behind the house and we had a fawn coming up 10, 10 feet away, just staring at her. Like, and her heart was racing. You could, I mean, the fawn was just curious, like, what are these two things just sitting here? And it was walking right. closer, and like you could tell her heart was racing. She was starting to breathe deeper, and, and like she was excited. So, but then after all that, she was like, Yeah, I still don't like it. So I don't know. 
maybe there's not enough action and too much just does doesn't spark a fire in them i guess i i don't know because i love hunting my older brother loves hunting but our oldest wants nothing to do with it okay it's all everybody in my family for the most part has an interest in it it's just whether or not they make the time to do so you know right on yep but yeah my 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 daughter she loves it she'll go out anytime that i ask my son if i ask him no i'm good like dude you don't have a choice because i only get you every other weekend and it's just me so i, I don't want to ruin it for you but at some point in time i gotta go hunting too and your sister's gotta get a fair chance hell yeah so he's gotta come along yeah i did i try like for me i don't do all the like electronics and all that stuff. Like when we're at my house, they don't even watch TV hard, hardly ever. We might watch a movie once in a while, but we don't have iPads or anything like that. Game Boys, like like other kids have. Game Boys, I guess that's dated now. But oh, what the, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? A Game Boy? You know, we don't. We just got the Atari and you know Nintendo over here. You know that kind of thing. You can't take that out in the tree in the tree stand these days. <laughs> you said Game Boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so like we, I took him up to our property. We got fifty acres up in Baldwin. My myself, my brother, and um, my dad all went in on it. So we got fifty acres up there, and we, we'll camp out and go hunting at all the public land or on our property and whatever. And, I took my kids up there three weeks ago now and we brought a bunch of coloring books and coloring pencils and crayons. And that, I mean, that's what we did for four hours in the blind. Yeah. Is it, the, is it the quietest thing in the world? No, but at least they're coloring instead of getting lost in a, in a phone, but that's just my way of looking at it. No, I could definitely see that. That's uh, uh, I guess all in moderation. I mean, I mean, I don't have problems with the phone because all my right. kids have them. And uh, I'm, I'm saying like for me, because I think that's part of why it, it bores my son. Like he doesn't have anything more to do, which I understand. But well, maybe a different form of hunting, like small game. We're actually walking yep. through the woods trying to spot and stalk some squirrels or rabbit. Yep. And that's, that's what I'm thinking about doing come winter once we get some snow and going after some rabbits and stuff and seeing if it just interests him a little bit more but no that's good uh what i was going to say is my youngest it's i don't know what's up with him him and my oldest daughter they're like the bookends they're high energy they always have to be doing something um like he can be outside for like four hours he comes in like like during the summer, like sweating, come in to sit down to like watch some TV. Like he'll start a movie and within 10 minutes, he'll jump up and go right back outside. I'm like, well, okay, whatever. So I'm glad he, he loves being out there. Uh, he's always, he has a BB gun. He's always trying to kill chickadees and whatnot. And like, he's just, he wants to hunt. It's like, he's a savage at heart. So 
No but complaints here. No complaints here. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about getting my kids BB guns for Christmas this year. Give give them something else to plink with instead of just Nerf guns. Yep. Yeah, Nerf can be fun in the house in the winter. Shooting them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Have the kids running around and their target practice. I know that. <laughs> Well, they think I'm target practice, but they can't understand why I can run through the bullets. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So how how many kids you have then? I have four. And how many of them hunt with you? See, this is, you know, raising kids is, it is a difficult thing because they're constantly changing and like the oldest is 17. She's a senior. She's doing dual enrollment. So she's also going to college. She has a boyfriend. Uh, trying to fit time with her dad to go hunting is kind of like low priority. All right. Right. So. Uh, Sounds like she's a busy girl as it is. She is. She went out with my wife. Uh, she had uh, shoulder surgery. Okay. And so the week before the surgery, the wife took her out, tried to get something, um, clean mess on a doe using a crossbow, whatever. But, you know, now that she had the surgery, she really can't do much now. Mm-hmm. So, uh maybe next year, but then she'll be graduated and doing college full-time. So who knows, but I know I got, and then the other daughter, she said she doesn't want to hunt because it's boring. So now I got my two sons that I'm trying to hold on to tightly. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I have anything to worry about the youngest. He'll always, he'll always be my hunting buddy. Yeah, that's what matters. That's what matters. Can't win a mall, you know. Right, right. How about you? How'd you get into hunting? Well, gosh, I remember, you know, being a kid and then watching my dad go up for gun season. I mean, my dad wasn't like a big time hunter, uh, by my standards. Now he was like a weekend warrior type thing, Mm -hmm. but mostly during just gun season. Um, my grandpa had 40 acres in Alger. So I know come November, it was, you know, dad's getting ready to go up North hunting for, you know, a week or two, whatever it is. And and then my oldest brother was able to go with him when, you know, he was able to hunt. Uh, he tried it out, didn't like it. And then my middle brother, like he got to go with my dad and they'd spend the I don't know, week up north with all the uncle uncles, my grandpa. Um, and it was like one of those things like it was such a mystery because I never got to experience it before my time. Mm-hmm. So I, 
I don't know if it was watching my brothers go and my dad go and then like hearing the stories and they'd come back with the deer and I'd be like, just so enthralled with like the whole process. Like what is Mm -hmm. going on up there? Like it was like, like so primal and I just, I couldn't explain it, but it was, it was just so captivating to me. Right. Uh, But then it was my time. Um, I got a bow, dude. I was practicing like all summer long. I even had, I made a post about like the game tracker that you would screw onto your bow and you attach the string to your arrow. Yep. Do you remember those? Yep. Dude, trying to take like a 20 yard shot when you're like pulling a string of floss with your arrow, dude. It slowed the arrow down big time, but I thought, you know, this is going to help me track it. I was like, dude, I had no idea, but I was like, I was a hundred percent invested. Like it was going to happen. And then once I finally was able to go up, it was just like a whole new experience. I got to realize how much drinking was done at deer camps. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Ton of drinking. Um, But the first time dude, I remember sitting out behind, they put me at the closest spot, which is at, I want to say like a hundred yard walk behind the, the trailer. And, you know, I'm sitting there, I, what, 10 to 12 years old, somewhere in there. You know, a, the dark can be a scary place for a kid, but I was mm-hmm. like, I was kind of nervous about that because they walked me out there. I'm like, okay. And then they left. So now you're in the dark, you hear them walk away and you're just there by yourself. Like you're not blind. You're just sitting by a tree. I'm like, okay. Uh, They baited. So I knew where the bait was and sunlight starts coming up. Here comes a little deer. I got trying to remember it had to have been like a fawn doe. It wasn't a button buck. Dude, it took like five times to try to pull back that bow because my heart was beating out of my chest. It was, you know, if like your heart's beating, you can like hear it in your ears and just like everything. It just, it feels like you're moving your heart's beating so fast. (laughs) But I was finally able to draw back that bow and this deer is just staring at me. I don't know what was going through my head. I don't even think I looked at the pins like for the sight. I just, I released and I tenderinged that sugar beet. <laughs> that was my trophy for the weekend is I shot that sugar beet. Totally <laughs> missed the deer. It took <laughs> off running and dude, but that adrenaline dump was, I won't ever forget it. And I was... Yep. I was hooked ever since then. Yep. I, I, I was thinking about that too, because I think that was the best thing of growing up because when I grew up, I'm sure it was the same with you. You had to be 12 before you could even go out and bow hunt. And it was what, 14 before you could gun hunt. So yep. yeah, growing up watching every, every fall, my dad go out and hunt. He'd hunt public land or private land, whatever was, closest and then every single night we'd sit by the 
by the front window at dark, just waiting for dad to pull in. Mm-hmm. And if he pulled in, if he pulled in with the front end facing the facing the house, we knew he didn't get anything. If he pulled past the driveway and backed his truck up, we knew he shot something. I think it took. I think Josh was just talking about this on one of our recent episodes, but he was. I think my dad was 32 before he shot his first deer. Wow. And we were like, I don't know, probably four. My, my twin and I were probably four, and we may or may not have used the head to kick it around the yard like a soccer ball. And we were so <laughs> happy about it. <laughs> the, the deer's head? Yeah. Dude, you was... guys are serial killers. <laughs> It was the most fun that we ever had. We've never seen anything like it before. It took my dad forever to shoot anything. I don't know what kept him going for so damn long, but I I remember that growing up, just waiting every single fall to see if my dad pulled, if he backed his truck in. He shot a couple deer growing up and, or while we were growing up. And then, yeah, it was, He'd start taking my brothers out and same thing. You no clue what was going on, but they just back the truck up and they had a dead deer or they'd shoot one. We'd go out to the woods and we tracked for blood, but we didn't know much anything. And that was, it was all a mystery of it. And then, yeah, I mean, my, my first year, when it, well, when I turned 12, it was in just, so my birthday's in December. So I didn't get to hunt that year because it was already two weeks prior to, season being over and we just didn't have anything so we got everything that that birthday for the following season so broadheads and everything like that I spent that whole summer same thing shooting my bow practicing all day long every single day every chance that I got I'd get off the bus I'd go in my backyard and I'd shoot arrow after arrow after arrow and then I went out and the first deer that I ever saw the private land piece that we had was right next to the freeway. So all night long, all you heard was cars whizzing by, semi trucks blaring their horn, people hitting the the uh, the grooves on the side and hearing that noise. And it was hard as hell to hear a deer, but I looked down, there was a buck walking up. First deer I'd ever seen in the woods. Walked right into my shooting lane. I already had it paced off because we didn't have range finders or anything back then. Paced it off from my tree to know what, what trees were certain yardages. So I knew what one was 15 yards, and I knew I could I could drill that target at 15 yards every single chance. That deer came walking up. I drew back. I let one fly. That arrow was so slow. <laughs> The buck ducked the arrow and then came back up and bounced the arrow off its back. <laughs> I, I hit the arrow by default or hit the deer by default because the deer bumped into my arrow. I didn't even hit the damn thing. You didn't hit the deer. The deer hit the arrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was so pissed. Cause my heart was racing. I, we had, um, we didn't have phones or anything. So we were, we were carrying, uh, um, or walkie talkies. I said, I just shot a buck. Like, no way. Yep. I shot a buck. All right. Wait there until we get down at dark. We'll go and track for it. Like, I know I hit it. I know I hit it. 
waited probably five minutes, felt like an hour. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to at least check my arrow, see if there's blood. I got down, found the arrow 15 yards behind where the deer was. Not a speck of blood on it. Not no even blood. A, not even a piece of hair. And then I replayed it in my mind like, it just bounced off his back, didn't it? <laughs> I got to buy a new bow. Oh, yeah. It was the bow's fault. It's always the bow's fault, you know? <laughs> That's my that's my story and I'm sticking to it, okay? So let me ask you this. All right. So you went out hunting. You were unsuccessful in harvesting. So what made you come back? What made you which is now over and over and over, year after year after year? What makes you come back? I think at first it was always spending time with my family but in reality once it got to it you sit in the tree and you're you're not with family you're kind of just there alone and i don't know i i enjoy seeing the animals in in the wild i i love being able to sit in a tree and see everything that you don't see just on a day-to-day basis seeing birds seeing other animals seeing just enjoying nature and I think that that probably does it more for me more than anything else. I love seeing the, the deer walk in. I like filling my freezer. I'm not, I don't go out after big bucks or anything like that. I don't spend enough time doing it, but I enjoy the time that I can just enjoying nature. As, as I don't know, different as that might sound. I mean, it's not all about the kill for me. Not all about the kill. All right. I, can definitely see that. Uh, I had a buddy who doesn't hunt, but I was able to get him to go out turkey hunting this past spring. And he wanted to give it a try, do some kind of hunting because I had to, I, I explained to him before because he asked me is like, like, what's the thing with like hunting? Like, why, why do you do it? And you know, I never gave it any kind of deep thought before of like, why it was just something that I enjoy doing. So I just do it like, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> it got really like unhealthy there for, I want to say like a good eight years of going hunting that I would get like so angry, so upset, you know, the wife, like even trying to like calm me down. Like I'd be like, I'd be like legitimately like pissed off. But the thing is I would have encounters with deer. It's just, I wasn't able to like either get a shot off or they were coming in from a different area that I wasn't expecting. And somehow, some way I was like never able to harvest any kind of animals. And it was just like, I'd get so down to myself, which is, which I still don't understand why, like what made me so, I don't know, like intense over it, or is that called like passion? Am I passion that passionate over it? The whole, you, you go out with a goal in mind and it 
doesn't play out the way that you expected. So I got like so down on myself. And it wasn't until like later that like me, I got into my thirties that I was able to settle down slightly with the hunting aspect. And it's like, all right. So it's not always going to go out the way that you planned it to. So I was able to settle down after that. But then when my buddy, he was asking me why I started doing more thinking about what it is. And it was, it's just like you said, it's, it's everything. It's the nature, it's the sights, the sounds, like all of your senses are heightened when you're hunting. Yeah, absolutely. Your senses are heightened because being at work, what do you do? All right. You're, you know what you have to do at work, like your nine to five job that mm-hmm. pays the bills. You, you show up and it's like, you just get into a rut and you do what you got to do. Yep. But, but when you're hunting, it's like, you have to take like wind, the temperature, uh, the lay of the land. If you're hunting public mm-hmm. and different public, you have to take like all this stuff into accountability into account um, yep. to be able to pursue an animal that lives there a hundred percent of the time. It's like you're mm-hmm. trying. It's a competition with me because now you're trying to you're trying to find them. You're trying to outcompete. I love public hunting, public land hunting. Yep. Because it's such a competition for me. You have to outsmart the deer. You have to outsmart the hunters. The past couple of years, I've been diving deep into different tactics. And for the longest time, I've been hunting from the ground. Um, Well, just not being able to afford like a harness, you know, like Mm -hmm. four kids. So (laughs) you've got a lot of bills. You got a lot of bills when it comes to kids. So, I mean, trying to, I mean, even today, like times are better, but trying to spend money on myself is hard. But back then, like even trying to get a harness, I mean, you hear horror stories of people falling out of trees. I had a a Summit Viper climbing tree stand. That thing was so comfortable, but I that was rarely, my favorite tree stand. I loved it. And I sold it last year to help buy some stuff to get into saddle hunting this year. So, okay. I mean, it was kind of limited on what kind of trees you're able to climb, but still I never really used it because I didn't have a harness and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So all my hunting was done uh, on the ground. But even to this day, I still love hunting from the ground, you know, because... Mm-hmm you're like on the same level as the deer. It's like, it adds like another layer of complexity to hunting because you just can't, you just can't like sit in the middle of a runway. Right. I mean, unless you're deer or gun hunting where you can see them like from a hundred yards off. If you're in like a, some kind of clear cut or large wood timber, whatever, but you have to pick where you have to sit on the ground too. So it's like a, the whole part of hunting for me and like the why is like the competition of it all. Like even now when I don't harvest a deer, I'm like, 
in my mind, I am completely okay with it because it's, I can still find a success. Like if I find like new sign, if I get closer, if I see one like way off in the distance, like three weeks ago, I hunted some new public and I saw a drop time working a scrape that was 75 yards away. And I was like, game on. I just found like a new competition. I'm like, here we go. And this is what's been on my mind for, you know, past three weeks. And I've been trying to get them and it's a cat and mouse game and he's winning. (laughs) I'm losing, (laughs) but I'm much more calm with it now, but I know it's a game. I don't take it so serious. Like, uh, I'm not hard on myself anymore, if that makes sense. But you don't, you only have so much control with it. So much control, and you're, you can only, there's no failures. You're just, it's just like a new opportunity to learn something different. So, like whether you change where you're going to sit based on the wind, um, you just do your best to try to learn, try to go with the, go with the flow. But yeah. That's the why for me is just, it's the whole competition part of it. You're just trying to, I'll probably butcher this, but I've heard it said like more so with coyote hunting that like you're a coyote hunter, like a part of the time, they're a coyote a hundred percent of the time. So it's like, you're Mm -hmm. trying to beat something that's a well-oiled machine that's a professional at what it does and you're just coming in as like the jv team to try to you know score against the varsity that you know it's it's hard it's 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 difficult it's it's a competition and i love every second of it you know now how much how much coyote hunting do you do uh it's more like a once deer hunting is done, it's yep. winter time for me, spring. Not so much summer because crops are tall. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I have a, a short tail coyote that I want to get at this farm that I have permission to hunt. Dude, I swear this tail is only like eight to 10 inches long. I never seen anything like this. I don't know. Is it a birth defect? Or did, did it get caught in something? Did it get caught? Is it did it get hit by a car? I don't know. Shoot off. Yeah, shot off. I I don't know. But it this tail, I mean, it's almost like you know how bobcats have like a short tail. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it ain't much longer than a bobcat's tail. This thing is. It's bizarre looking. I want to shoot it just so I can get a close-up look on this thing. Just to find out what the hell happened? <laughs> so, you, so you've seen it. How many times have you missed it? <laughs> well, I shot the tail off. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, I was done... This was last weekend. I was... Uh, I didn't want to hunt public anymore because I took Friday off to try to go after that uh, drop time again. Uh, I was unsuccessful, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to do some 
private land hunting because we have a farmer, Brown City, north of Yale. Okay. Uh, he grows some cash crops and alfalfa for his livestock, and that's his money. So he's got a lot of deer and turkeys in the area. And the only way we have permission to hunt is because we can't pass on anything. He wants us to shoot everything. And if that's the only reason that we have permission to hunt there. If he were to catch us like passing on a deer, let's say something one year old, <laughs> uh, he wouldn't let us come back there anymore because oh, no yeah. So, I mean, we don't hunt there a lot, but when we do, uh, whatever comes through, I mean, we take the kids out there. Um, my son and my brother's son, oh, daughter, uh, both got a buck this year for the youth hunt. But anyway, so after that, I didn't get that drop time. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go out to the farm on Saturday. I hunted the evening out there and I was done. Uh, I decided to check the trail camera. I came around the corner and I had uh, my night snipe headlamp, the red light. Mm -hmm. I came around the corner and where the trail camera was, I saw a set of eyes and I was like, that's a damn coyote. I stopped in my tracks and it, I think it's kind of young. I mean, it's not that large. It might be a pup from the spring, maybe. Okay. Uh, but it ran off to the cut corn. So right away, I pulled out the phone and it went on my playlist. I just have like all um, like rabbit and distress sounds. So I started okay. playing. I started playing that. It was looping around downwind. All I had was my bow and it got within 25 yards. I was getting ready to draw back and it took off running because I had a buck come out the woods within five feet of me. <laughs> it was just a, it was a shit show of like a 10 minute, whatever, just trying to, I was just, all I wanted to do was just check the trail camera and then I see a coyote I'm trying to call it in and then this deer comes out and like scares off the coyote, but I saw the, the tail on it. It was really short. I checked the trail camera. It's on there with a the short tail, but I didn't get it. So, so I so want to go back out there. It's not an educated one. No, it's not. I think it's like, all right, I was going to say something that might not be politically correct, but it, <laughs> Who cares? It, I think it's retarded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was coming into a sound I was playing on the phone. Dude, I was right there. If it was like a, an older coyote, that thing would have been out of there. Right. So that, that's what I'm thinking. It had to have been young. But I've only shot two coyotes. I've been hunting them for four years, you know. To answer your previous question, yeah. How did you get into doing that? Uh, Facebook. The damn Facebook. That oh, they waste so much <laughs> of my time. I hate you, Facebook. I think um, what Michigan Coyote Hunting Outdoors. 
yeah, something like that. There's, I came across a, a post or a buddy or whatever. And, and then I, it's that rabbit hole. You dive deep. Yep. yep. You know, the rabbit hole. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thanks to my lovely brother. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of them. Your lovely brother. Yeah. <laughs> Bad influences. What Dude, they he, he they is are. a horrible influence. You know what? <laughs> he's he's the reason I bought a new rifle or built a rifle, bought into thermal and night vision. Oh, you went thermal and night I only, vision? I only have I got a thermal scanner. I actually prefer the thermal for scanning and not shooting. I'd rather see the animal. I don't want to see just a black or white blob coming running in you know yeah well I like, I, I like the night vision but for some reason i think i it's part of that rabbit hole that if i were to go thermal uh night vision that i'd have more success but yeah absolutely <laughs> you'd probably go out more though yeah, i would yep that this is true but I don't know. Um, I used red lights. The first one, I mean, we did some tournaments. I've called some in. I've shot a few that I was not able to recover. One blows my mind. Um, Dude, they're resilient creatures. They really are. I mean, just when you get to be like a dog size or larger, you have such a will to live that it, it blows my mind. I've yep. seen I've seen deer shot, drop, get up, take off running, and still live. I mean, with one lung deflated and mm -hmm. still live. I don't like I'm not talking like live like a couple days. I'm talking like they're walking around like weeks later eating drinking i'm like how how is that possible mm -hmm. you i mean just imagine if you got shot with one lung like what would happen i um, i would curl up and die <laughs> throw in the towel <laughs> throw in the towel i'm done whatever <laughs> this hurts too much exactly yeah oh that i shot one I shot, so I, I hunt with a 6.5 Creedmoor for pretty much no other reason than it, it will put a large hole in them and usually they don't go anywhere. But I shot one and blew out, blew out its spine and all of its guts. Go ahead. I've seen a lot of memes about guys that shoot 6.5 Creedmoor. <laughs> I have too. <laughs> we're, we're not talking about those. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> tough crowd man tough crowd <laughs> all right so you shot one and you turned it inside Dude. out yeah so i blew out its spine and its guts and i i move over to try and get a shot of the second one that i called in and then i scan back and this coyote's dragging itself around with its front legs and its head popping up just doing one of these numbers through the field that thing went probably 150 yards before I had to put another round in it before it would go down. But it it probably would have disappeared. 
Absolutely. I mean, even if it was just going somewhere to hide and die, it, yeah. you probably wouldn't have found it. Who, no. who knows? Crazy. The last one that I shot, well, the last one, like I sound like I'm some kind of professional. I've only shot two <laughs> that I recovered, but this, the last one that I shot, <laughs> uh, it took four shots. Like even like on the third shot, it was still like lifting its head up. Just like, it wasn't even like, like labored breathing or anything. It was just like, yeah, whatever. Like it would not go down. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. What'd you shoot it with? A two, two, three. Okay. Um, I, I shot a raccoon out of a tree with a two twenty three. I, I put five rounds into that coon. And it still did not drop out of that tree. Dude, that's insane. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. You I, get, like, a, a smaller dog and up. Like, squirrels and birds, they're, they're fragile. They die easy. Rabbits, they die easy. Yeah. You get up to, like, coon, coyote, and up. It's like, I don't know what it is. They got some kind of superpower will to live that blows my mind. That I sure as hell do not have. I do not have. I mean, I stub my toe in the morning and I'm dropping down on the floor crying for at least a half hour. I started sleeping on the other side of like my turned and sleeping on my right side instead of my left side. And I had to go to the chiropractor. (laughs) Dude, you sleep on the wrong side of the bed. That's the worst. Wake up all sore. This this is what old age feels like, huh? Shit. How old are you? Uh, 28. 28? And you're talking about old age? I'll tell you, the Marine Corps put me through most of it. Yep. I got a buddy that went through the Army, and between that and having a metal rod in his leg, um... He's on a lot of pain pills. I bet. Uh, just the Motrin, the Aleve, just to be able to get up and function. It's mm-hmm. well. Was it the Marine Corps? Is that what? Is that what did it? <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Oh, okay. All right. Right on. So earlier, you were saying that you were you got into saddle hunting this year. I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll go, down, we'll go down this rabbit hill. <laughs> let's go down. Let's go up this rabbit hill. Woo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Recompose. Saddle hunting. Yeah. Well, you know, the whole thing about four kids and tight money. So I started selling just a bunch of stuff on eBay just to. I originally wanted to get a new camera. I had one that I got in, I want to say like 2006, seven, got a camera. Um, It's been outdated. I wanted a new camera being 2021. I started selling on eBay. So I was like, let's get rid of a bunch of stuff, like anything that I could like buy cheap and sell higher, whatever. So I 
end up selling enough to get a new camera. I was also had extra money that I was able to buy like uh, material to make a saddle because it, I was checking out like prices. Have you did like, like any uh, like saddle research? Like, have you looked into that? Like wanting to hunt from a saddle? I started looking into it and I didn't go much more than that. It's Josh's saddle hunted and my dad's saddle hunts. Okay. It's when I started in the union, I had a guy that uh, he had like, (sighs) he told me about like the saddle that he had. It's like a, he was trying to explain to it that like attaches to like the limb that you could like, it wraps around your body and you can like maneuver and shoot from like any position. I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. That sounds interesting. I've seen the ad. It's like the Guido's web. I think that's what it was back in the day. And it it looked like really interesting to me. Well, from the past year, the whole Facebook rabbit hole thing you know, you just go deep. I'm like, you know, I really want to give this a try. Well, I saw a guy that had, um, do you know what like a ring of steps is? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I saw a guy, he had one for sale. It was a ring of steps. And for anybody that's listening, it straps to a tree and it has like these tiny uh, steps that go around the base of the tree wherever you're you set it up at so it's almost like a platform that goes around the tree so I was talking with this guy he has a YouTube show and everything now but when I met up with him he was like you know what you can have this old saddle that a guy gave me and you can have this ring of steps I was like dude that's awesome he just like gave me the shit I'm like sweet so oh, no. I, yeah, so this was last year. I was like, you know, I, so I gave it a try. I was able to climb up the tree. I sold that the Summit Viper climbing stand for four Hawk helium climbing sticks. And one has an aider. So I was able to, what I sold that stand for was I think 150 bucks. I was able to buy the climbing sticks for that 150 bucks. So it was just like a one-to-one transfer of money type of thing to get into the right. saddle hunting. So I tried it out. I was a, I went out to the Yale farm with like the steps and the saddle that the guy gave me and the ring of steps. I was able to climb the tree. I got up. I had everything set up. I, the bow up there. I'm like being able to maneuver around without being like in a stand, like how fast it was to set up and take down how little room it took up. I was like, you know, this is, this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, a few Facebook pages that are dedicated to like a run and gun style of hunting where you go looking for sign. Uh, when you find like whatever is good for you, whether you're like on like a, uh, a scrape or a rub line off a trail 
wherever you feel like you need to set up and you could just set up in a nearby tree right there. I was like, you know, that's kind of like my type style of hunting, like, but hunting from a ground yep. that I, I like to do. I'm like, now I can get elevated. So I have like an advantage of being able to draw back and, you know, just trying to increase my odds of hunting. So after I did that last year, I'm like, you know, this is really cool. I really like it. So I was, I was able to give away the, it's the sit drag. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's, um, God, I don't even know who makes that, but it's, uh, it's called the sit drag. If you were to Google it. It would come up. It's almost like a sling that you could attach to the tree that you could sit in. Well, people modify that to use as a saddle to go hunting. So that's what the guy gave me. So I was able to give that away to somebody else. It only made sense to this guy gave me the saddle. So I was going to give the saddle to somebody else. And that's what I did. So the, the sit drag... Uh, people modify it to use it as a saddle and that's what I used it for so so it's like the guy he gave it to me for free I was like you know what so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to somebody else for free it only makes sense Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't gonna sell it but so after that the the stuff that I did sell on eBay I was able to buy material to make my own legitimate um, saddle to hunt out of. And this thing, it's pretty comfortable because I did uh, a 10 hour hunt last weekend in it. And I'm pretty impressed with the comfort of the saddle because you can like sit down or you can kind of adjust what your bridge is into the tree and do more of like a standing slash leaning uh, motion. Uh, if your legs get tired, you can adjust the, the bridge, uh, let out more slack so you can get more into like a, a sitting stance, whatever. So being able to be in this uh, saddle for eight to 10 hours, easy to do whatever mm-hmm. um so i did that it was the whole ebay thing selling whatever getting stuff so i got the camera i got the whole saddle set up bought the rope uh another guy to follow is kip cotter dude he does he's a great photographer especially with uh wildlife and deer he let me some items to be able to use for uh, saddle hunting. Cause I think he uses the JX3. Have you heard of that saddle? It's almost like a seat type. I think it's for larger guys. Okay. Um, just because it's uh, Instead of like the typical saddle that goes around like your waist, like a swing, um, Mm -hmm. this is more like a defined seat that you sit in. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's what he uses. 
but he had like a climbing item that he sent me and but yeah that's the whole run and gun hunt style i could see myself later down the road getting like a like a lone wolf custom stand um yep even like uh like the beast gear stand something like that like down the road if i don't actually like want to saddle hunt it it all depends on like what kind of preference that fits your hunting style right uh the deer hunting that you do are you like in a stand are you ground blind i, I actually stand? run gun you do okay I, I run and gun when i don't have my kids when i have my kids it's usually on the ground or in a in a ground blind okay um we have a couple of ele- elevated blinds at our property in Baldwin that I'll take them to. Otherwise, we throw a pop-up or throw some sticks and something as cover and go from there. Right. Um, but when I don't have my kids, I actually run. I have Hawk Helium sticks and an XOP. I think it's a the Vanish stand. I absolutely love that tree stand. It is. It's super lightweight and... Yeah, I can put it in a tree that's four inches around in diameter and feel perfectly safe in it. I was looking at that XLP vanish. That's a nice one. I was even looking at uh, Novix style uh, tree stands, which. So you got Andre DeQuisto that has Lone Wolf custom gear. Yep. And then. Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Uh, they have a separate division that's XOP. Is that what it is? From what I understand, and I, I could be wrong, but from the, the research that I did into them, somebody left Lone Wolf. Yes. And then they had a contract or they had a certain like five-year span where they didn't have the rights to the design for the tree stand. So once that five years was up, they took that design and they just pretty much remade it and then remarketed it as a different, as a different brand. They're no, they're not tied together, but XOP is, it's very comparable to Lone Wolf. Yes. And from what I understand, like Novix, N-O-V-I-X. I haven't heard of them. It's almost like, it's, it's the same thing as like what the xop is but it's like another branch off of xop i could be wrong also but that's what my understanding is so i'm gonna look into them because i i've recommended the xop to quite a few people i think i've been i've had mine for four years now and the casting of it cracked last year right at the beginning of season. I don't know how I just, I got down. I put everything in the truck, went to put the tree stand, everything in the truck. And I noticed one of the pieces of casting was wiggling around. Like, well, that's not right. So I took some pictures. I sent an email to XOP and within a day I had, I had an email with a shipping label and, and everything. They said, box it up, send it out to us. As soon as we see that it's in the mail, we'll ship you a brand new one free of charge they said they have a warranty on their castings and if anything goes wrong with them they'll replace it 
So I had a brand new tree stand that's the, the upgraded version of what I had in the mail that next morning. And I think I got it. They next day aired it to me. Dude, Within two days, I had a brand new stand. That is phenomenal customer service. Oh, it was excellent. Oh, they yeah. Pictures, everything. They, they, they didn't really ask many questions. I said, I'd, I got down. I'd realized it was cracked and that's it. It was, it was a great experience. Super easy to do. And they had me back up and running before the following weekend. Dude, that would uh, make me want to go more towards XOP than Novix. Just from that conversation here. Yeah. Dude, that's and, great. I mean, the, the price point is right. It's not overly expensive. You're not paying lone wolf prices or one of the name brand prices. It's, I mean, when I bought it, it was 150 bucks or something like that. And it's been a great tree stand. I love it. It's comfortable. The only the only gripe I would have was would be that I wish I went with a the larger platform, but I got big feet, so, so oh, yeah. tree stand with with twenty four hundred grams of thinsulate in size eleven boots. I don't have much space on my on my platform anymore. So what is that? You got big feet? You're trying to flex on me? <laughs> big socks man big socks <laughs> that, that's what it is yeah 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 <laughs> no hey. it makes you feel any better to drive a big truck too so compensating i don't know call it what you want is it lifted it is <laughs> oh man <laughs> and i shoot a creed more <laughs> and you shoot a six, six five creed more that's right <laughs> It all makes sense to me now. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. But no, man, I, I love doing the run and gun. It's, it's put me in a lot more opportunities than I never would have had from just setting up a tree stand and calling. It. I mean, oh. the climber, I ran the climber for, I want to say eight years because I only hunt public land. Like even when we go, when we, when I go up to Baldwin and I hunt our 50, I don't hunt our 50 acres unless I have my kids. I go to public land and I'll run and gun it. I don't know why. I just, I don't want to sit in dedicated tree stands. I want to go and figure out where I want to sit. And I, last year I shot, I shot a doe after moving three times on the same group of does over the course of a day and a half. I just picked up, moved, saw where they were going to picked up moved the next night picked up moved again the next morning and i ended up smoking the dough that morning it, it works Dude, i can do awesome. whatever i want to do and i can get in trees so i carry four hawk helium sticks and they're modified i bought them from josh my brother josh and he put the lone wolf buttons on them and then some some climbing rope on them so it's got a static climbing rope around it i can wrap it around whatever tree mm -hmm. i've sat in i've sat in trees where i've used the first step to climb up to branches and i've climbed the rest of the tree with just one stick i never had to put up another stick i just climbed branches and set my tree my stand up i couldn't do that with a climber no i loved my I, like we were saying i love my my summit climber I took so many naps in that damn thing because it was so damn comfy. It's but... so comfortable. <laughs> it's one it of was... the most comfortable stands I have ever been in. It was the Summit uh, Viper. And, 
And I shot a lot of deer out of that stand, but you were so limited on straight trees and no branches. Mm-hmm. And being public land, you can't cut and trim branches legally. So, I mean, you're you're stuck. So that's the best thing about the hunt and hang is I can do whatever I want to do, go wherever I want to go. I hunted a spot down down by me in Allegan area with Josh last year. And I was 10 feet up in a pine tree that was two and a half inches in diameter. And I felt perfectly safe in that thing. You couldn't see me, but I would have had shots 30, 40 yards out. Josh said, I couldn't even, I could never would have found you in that tree, but I can do it. Was it an alive tree? Yes. I have a story of what happened to me over the weekend. If you want to hear it. Yeah, go for it, man. So I go out to that private land that we have access to hunt for the farmer. I decided to move in a little bit farther. And I was like, okay. I looked up with the the night snipe headlamp. And I'm like, okay, I like this tree. I start climbing because I do the one stick climbing. Okay. It's almost like a hybrid because I take two sticks with me. I set the one stick and then I climb up to the top and then I step, I set up the second stick, which has the aiders on it as high as I can reach. So with the first and second stick, I'm probably 10 to 11 feet up. I climb up, I set my tether, I reach down, I bring the stick up with the the aiders, I get that set again, I climb up again, I'm probably 21 feet, 21 to 22 feet up. I get set up, I get the camera arm on the tree, And one thing that I did notice when I was climbing the tree, I'm like, the little branches, they were falling off, like, pretty easily. And I was like, it it didn't dawn on me at the time. But I'm like, if something was, like, in my way and I'd, like, hit it, it'd fall off. I'm like, yeah, okay. So once I get up to hunting height, I get my tether set. Then I get my rope for the backpack to get that hung up uh, with the bow to get that hung up. Then I get my out my tree arm. I get that up on there. Then I hang up the camera. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. The, the daylight starts coming. So, you know, you have, it starts getting like light out. You know, it's not daylight yet. The sun hasn't rose, but it's getting there. Mm-hmm. So, and I hear like a, a long creak sound. I'm like, well, that's odd. So I take my light and I look up and I look down and I realize I am in a dead tree. <laughs> a dead, a dead tree. The the leaves that I did see were from the oak that was like the neighboring tree and it like the branches like kind of like 
went over the tree that I was on. Yep. So I was like, what the hell? I packed everything up and with the Madrox safeguard, I was able to repel down. I think I was down out of that tree in like five minutes. So now <laughs> it was like, now we're getting close to shooting light. I'm like, I cannot yeah. climb up another tree. So I sit down and I get by like some kind of brush or whatever. I'm like trying to like tuck in some kind of tree. I got the camera going again. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Whatever. So sunlight comes up. I got does coming off from the south. They weren't too hot of what they saw. They So three deer came through along the alfalfa field. They went off on their way. So I'm sitting there again on the ground because I was an idiot and I climbed a dead tree. You know how it is. And then I look over. It was about, you know, two hours after daylight. I was like, you know, nothing's coming through here. I made too much noise. I grabbed some sunflower seeds. I opened up the pack, threw some in my hand into the mouth I look over and here comes a six point walking right at me at 25 yards I tried turning around so it wouldn't see me it would just see my back somehow you know being on the ground it it spotted me of course Mm -hmm. so it started circling around I got the camera going I'm trying to videotape it it didn't like what it saw. It started blowing. It took off running. I'm like, you know what? I am a complete idiot. <laughs> you know? I was, I was in a tree. You know, it was, I climbed a dead tree. This is how my season has been going. I climbed a dead tree. I repelled down, and now I'm hunting off like a, a some kind of bush that's over there i'm trying whatever so i'm like you know what this sucks so as i'm recording i look over i stood up trying to stretch my legs so i'm not like kneeling down here comes a a a bambi it's it might still have spots if it was closer i'm sure i could have saw spots but it was 25 yards away. It was bedded down right there. It got up. It looked at me, you know, wagged his tail, took off running. I'm like, okay, there's another deer that whatever the farmer that would have wanted me to shoot. Yep. I wasn't going to shoot it anyway, but whatever. You better hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I Yeah, because I let this thing go. It was way too damn small. <laughs> John, if you hear this, I'm sorry, but I'm not shooting a Bambi. Damn it. I am not shooting a Bambi. <laughs> <coughs> so, oh, whatever. So, I'm there for three hours now. I'm like, I just, in my mind, like the whole competition thing of like trying to outsmart a deer, mm-hmm. I'm like, 
they know where I'm at. They hear me. I'm just like wasting time now. I'm just going to like eat some food, you know, because I got some sunflower seeds. So I open up the bag. I grab some sunflower seeds. I put it in my mouth and I heard like a crunch and I look over and here comes another six point walking right at me. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Like, how does it come from that? I... Yeah. All right, Joe, so I, I'm an idiot. I think I'm an idiot. Am I an idiot? Because do you, do you, have you ever had deer sneak up on you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and were you ever like, all the time. Were you ever like, where the hell did you come from? Yep. Yes? All the time. Okay. Because I was like, it, you would think that I would hear a deer at 30 yards away. No, I put seeds in my mouth and I hear it at 25 yards away. Not 30, <laughs> 25. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And this thing, I mean, it was almost to the outside of the ears, whatever. So I tried like turning, just can you, can you see me? <laughs> I tried turning just a little bit so it wouldn't see me. So, but it did see me, of course, because, you know, we already made that clear that I'm an idiot. So <laughs> it started circling around and I tried looking and it was looking right at me and it spooked. It started blowing and took off running. I'm like, so uh, we already made clear, but at that point, when it started blowing, it was clear to me that I'm an idiot. Yes, I'm an idiot. <coughs> so I'm in, <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> the whole like competition thing that was like, like, 10 years ago, I was like, you know, I would have been like really angry with myself. I'm like, whatever. I don't, I don't give a shit. I, I'm above that. So I started like, like angrily eating sunflower seeds. Like I don't give a shit anymore. So I started like throwing them in my mouth and I'm like, whatever, spitting them out, whatever. It had to have been like 10 minutes later. I look over to my shoulder because I heard a branch crack. Here comes another buck, another six point, right there at five yards, staring at me. I'm like, fuck you. And it took a <laughs> You can't even do anything. I can't do anything. <laughs> if you have a deer within like five to 20 yards, you can't move. You no. can't. So I'm you like, have to have your bow in hand and ready to draw by that time. You have to be drawn with your bow at that direction that the deer is coming. Because you cannot pull back a bow unless it's a fawn at that time. Whatever. 
<laughs> well, you should have shot the fawn then. See? This is my problem. Okay, sorry, John. <laughs> if I missed the fawn and you're watching this or listening to this, I, whatever you're doing, I doubt you're... Okay, you're not listening to this, I swear. But yeah, I passed on that fawn. <laughs> so I had countless opportunities here. If I didn't climb a damn tree, a dead tree... You if I was in, a, in the dead tree, if I was in a, a live tree, I don't feel like dying just yet. I'm Come only on, thirty. You gotta have life. You gotta have life insurance, right? I do have life insurance, <laughs> and my wife and kids will be set if I die. But I don't feel <laughs> maybe, like dying. Maybe she picked the tree for you subconsciously. <laughs> subconsciously, she sent me to that tree. <laughs> I would. T- <laughs> she sent me to the tree. <laughs> she texted me. She goes, Yeah, that's the one climbing. <laughs> Good luck, babe. I love you. Happy hunting. <laughs> See you when you get home. Wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> oh, That's why you climbed down out of the tree in the first place. Then she was pissed. <laughs> uh, so, so a couple weeks ago, I I went out. Um, I went to our Baldwin spot and I hunted some some public land around the corner i shot a doe there last year and i'm like you know what i just need meat in my freezer right now i'm gonna go schwack a doe so i went to this spot and i went found the tree that i shot the doe in last year that's the one that i played that cat and mouse game with where i'd moved then i saw him again i moved again so i went to the tree that i shot the one out of and thought now nah, i'm gonna go up this hill a little way so i went up this hill I'm sitting there dicking around with my phone and um, I put my phone down and I look and there's this doe standing 35 yards away from me. Like, where the fuck did you come from? Mm-hmm. So, so I like, oh shit, I don't know what to do right now. So I quick reach over, grab my bow, kind of pull it close to my chest. I'm waiting for her. She walks 25 25- like 35 yards away she or she was 35 yards away she walks about 30 30 yards broadside like all right drew back i'm just shaking at this point this isn't 15 seconds after i spotted her like my heart's racing right now because i didn't even know you were there i'm drawn drawn back i'm just shaking like i'm not gonna send this i don't feel confident enough in this and at that point i'm holding back for a little bit and I see movement off out of the corner of my eye. This is going to be a buck if I let this arrow fly right now. And I'm going to be pissed. So I let it down. Let her walk. She walks like 45 yards away. And it's a button buck following up behind her. I like, oh, come on. Of course, the little button buck walks 25 yards away. 20 yards away. I look down. And being public land, somebody decided to 
be nice enough to leave a bunch of bush light cans crushed up at the bottom of the trees. Yep. And uh, it wasn't me, for the record. Put that out there. <laughs> for the record. <laughs> this, this was 8.30 in the morning, 8.45. It was not me drinking bush light at that time, especially not in a tree. So, this this button buck walks 15 yards away from me, sniffing beer bottle or beer cans at, at the base of a tree. I'm just sitting there with my bow. Like, I, I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna waste a tag on you. Bring your mom back. And I'm watching her. She's 45 yards away, going the opposite direction, sees the button buck coming closer. She turns around, comes straight towards me. 25 yards away, I let it fly sent her running she was dead within 100 yards i ended up finding that doe she went into the neighbor's property i knocked on their door asked permission it's like yeah go go ahead track track her hopefully you find her let me know i walk down to find her this button buck takes off my god damn it now i feel like an asshole because i just killed your mom but you don't have spots so i'm gonna call it good you should be okay yeah and then that that button buck's running around the whole time. My, my dad, my brother, and everybody show up. Then we never saw it again. Two weeks later, or a week later, I had my kids. That's when we went, we went up there. I asked my son, I said, so where do you want to hunt? You want to hunt our property or you want to hunt the, the public land? He says, what's at the public land? I said, I know that there's a button buck out there running around. He says, I want to shoot the button buck. <laughs> Said, so you want to shoot the button buck over a, a regular buck? Yeah, but you gotta shoot the button buck in the eye, Dad. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, the kid that doesn't want to hunt. Oh like, yeah. yeah. That that button buck, I want you to shoot it in the eyeball. <laughs> How do you go from not having any interest in this shit to shoot it in the face, Dad? Dude, that's awesome. Dude. Yeah, you get them into, like, stalking game, like, still hunting deer. <sighs> get them onto some, like, squirrel and rabbit this winter. Yep. And I'm sure you're going to see something in them. Oh, we'll yeah. We'll see. Well, he's He's got it in him. He's he's not afraid to, afraid to kill stuff. Or... <laughs> oh, well, yeah, man. man I... I, I guess we've kind of gone down enough rabbit hills by this point in time. That... Okay, my legs are tired from climbing up these rabbit hills. <laughs> God. Well, well, we can probably wrap it up and call it a night. And uh, what the have you on again? Do like a wrap up for your season. See if you got that drop time buck or if you got caught by a bunch more deer because you climbed up the wrong tree. Yeah, this it, it's all learning experience, you know. Uh, I'll I'll go after that draft time again. Like if I can get eyes on him, if I can see him, I know I'm gonna drop him with the 315 legend. But uh, yeah, it it just depends on the kids and their hunting and if they want to go with me, that kind of thing. But yeah. yeah. Oh, don't sound so thrilled about that. Jeez. No, I. The, okay, they here's the thing. <laughs> no, here's the thing because 
once I recorded my kid's first deer hunt, like successful hunt, dude, that was like the most epic thing that I have ever done. Mm -hmm. It was being able to record that. And I was like, their excitement on their first deer was enough to fill me up that I didn't have to hunt the rest of the year. It was just, just being able to like record when you record your kid's first deer hunt, successful deer hunt, you'd be like, it doesn't matter what the hell I shoot. Just as long as I can record them year after year after year. That's how Mm -hmm. it's, that's how it is. uh, did you see my son's deer hunt on youtube the one from this year yeah where he just broke down crying yeah yep dude that was insane because what he was experiencing even though i didn't pull the trigger i was experiencing the same thing oh i believe that like inside i was like I was so excited. Like the emotions were just like, ah, it's hard to explain. It's it's, awesome seeing him how he, how he got excited about it. Dude, he was so excited. He knew he wanted to shoot a buck. He didn't want, because last year he shot a fawn and dude, he had respect over that deer. He knew like in his mind, he was like, he was wrestling with that fact that like he took a life you could tell that he was processing that and to be able to to take a life is nothing you take lightly and and this year take it lightly exactly so this year he knew he wanted to not just shoot like the first thing that he saw. He wanted to shoot a buck that it more than just like a button buck. He like a like an actual buck. And you know this four point came out, and when he shot it, and I had the camera going the whole time, and the, what he showed it visually is what. I feel internally mm-hmm. with every harvest. Yep. It's, I wish I could somehow convey that to other non hunters or, right. or vegans or whatever. We have so much reverence for the animals that we pursue that. <sighs> we care so much about them. Like, even if I don't harvest it, eh, because I have, I have a camel license. I have a doe license. If I don't shoot anything, that money goes towards the animals that I am pursuing. Right. It, it's going for their benefit. Mm-hmm. And, but just being able to have that experience is just like, I, I can't put words to it that I have been unable to put words to like even any kind of feelings. Like if you've got, 
it's hard to explain. Let's say like you've got, if you have like a dad that passes away or a child that passes away, you have so much loss that you feel. How do you convey feelings into words? It's, it's such a difficult thing because I don't know that there's words there that can equate to feelings. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there are any words that equates to feelings in any kind of situation. Like even if it's like you fall in love with someone, it's you can't equate any kind of word to that love feeling that you fell in love with someone. You, there's no right. equation there. It's just, you can get kind of close, but you, it doesn't come close to what you're feeling, but right. being there for my kids harvest, it's like. It's a whole nother experience. It's a whole nother experience. And it's just, that's what I live for is, is that experience, whether you're a new hunter or an old hunter, that's what gets me fired up is being able to experience that with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we ought to wrap it up there and call it a night, man. Sounds good. I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. And uh, I think thanks for chatting with me for a couple hours. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll talk to you soon, man. Have a good one. You too.